0: Welcome to The Word at First Prez. The sermon you're about to hear is not part of a regular sermon series. It stands on its own and can be instructive to our Christian faith in its own way, even though it's not linked to other sermons. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading comes from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God. Our second scripture comes to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 24. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the works of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this has been a very unexpected week, As Alex already said, we know that Judy uh, went in the hospital on Wednesday and has yet to come out. Her recovery is very long. Uh, So if you were coming here to hear Judy preach, or if you saw on Facebook that Alex was actually preaching this Sunday, and you're disappointed now because I'm up here, I'm just going to go ahead and turn around, and if you want to leave, go ahead. No hard feelings, Mike and Jim. No hard feelings. I have people marking down who left. (laughs) All right, well, I guess that means all of you are okay with me giving you the good words. So, this upcoming week might be my favorite week of the year. I love Thanksgiving week, I love the parade, I love the whole Thursday of football. I love gathering with family and friends and eating enough turkey and stuffing to essentially tranquilize myself with all of the tryptophan so that I miss out on three-fourths of those football games that I love. And then waking up, of course, to have pumpkin pie and play card or domino games with my family. But that's just one day out of the week. The reason I love the week is because since I can remember, my family has taken the day after Thanksgiving to officially move in to the Christmas season. My dad huffs and puffs the six-foot tree up the stairs from the basement, refusing help from his six-foot-five son, who can easily lift it, and then proceeds to put it together and say that his job is done, while my mother, sister, and I decorate it with all of the knick-knacks and doodads that we have collected over the years. We put on Christmas music while we do this, and sometimes we have hot cocoa This is a tradition that my wife and I have continued in our own home. So this Friday, I am looking forward to telling our robot helper, Alexa, to put on some Christmas music, (laughs) grabbing our four foot tree that we got on clearance last year, the week after Christmas, and decorating our home. Now, some people have already decorated for Christmas. And if the department stores are to be believed, then Christmas started in mid-October. I've always had a problem with early decorating, or what I consider early decorating. And some of my friends have called me a Grinch for this reason. However, I think it's just because of my familial traditions that I feel like it's wrong to do before, Christmas has, or before Thanksgiving has come and gone. But in classic pastor style, what I'm going to do is give a theological rationale as to why my way is right and then retroactively pretend that that's always why I did what I did. In both scriptures that we have for today, we see our authors imploring us to give thanks to God. Our psalmist says to enter God's gates with thanksgiving to give thanks to God, to bless God's name. Earlier in the psalm, he gives rationale for this. He says that God made us, that we are gods, the sheep of the pasture. He continues after his statement saying that God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Those are definitely things to be thankful for. Not only are we made by God, but according to the psalmist, God loves us eternally. In counting our blessings, that's a fairly large one. Paul continues this idea of giving thanks in his letter to the Thessalonians. He says in verse 18, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all circumstances. That's pretty tough. Not all circumstances feel like they deserve Thanksgiving. Falling ill, being persecuted, losing a loved one, getting in a car accident, being let go from your job, or even your favorite collegiate team losing their football game yesterday. (laughs) By a lot. These are hard situations to be thankful in. And please don't bring it up to me after this service, (laughs) unless you want to see a grown man cry. Why would Paul of all people, Paul who was beaten, stoned, jailed, whipped, cursed, run out of town. Why would Paul be saying to give thanks in these situations, knowing full well what they feel like? Well, since I don't know Paul personally, I have to guess. It could be that Paul knows that no matter what this world does to you, the things that the psalmist says are still true. We are all children of God, made by God, and God still loves us eternally. And even in tough situations, even when you're run down, knowing that you are created by and loved unconditionally by a being beyond our understanding is something that can lift your heart and your spirit and give you strength to get through that valley. Or perhaps Paul knew something that science has been finding out for the past few decades. There have been several studies on the science of happiness and gratitude. I even thought about showing you a seven minute video in the middle of this sermon, but then I thought, who am I, Alex? (laughs) And I decided against it. It was mostly laughs, but then there were two groans somewhere, and I was like, now I feel bad. In one study, they had a group of people take a general happiness survey to form a baseline of where they were, and then they gave them a task to do. They told them to think of someone who did something really amazing or important for them, and then write down as much as they could about that person and that important event. Now, they were already seeing signs of improved levels of happiness, but then they asked the participants to do something further. To call the person and read them what they wrote. A lot of the participants, while doing this, cried, understandably, because when you're exposing raw gratitude for someone, it can be quite moving. After this, they gave them a similar survey to see if their levels of happiness had changed at all. Those who were unwilling or unable to make the phone call portion of the experiment saw an increase of 2% to 4% in their level of happiness. But those who were actually able to call and express their gratitude saw an increase of 4% to 19%. So either way, just thinking about something or someone that you are thankful for or actually expressing it out loud increases your level of happiness. The most interesting part of these findings, though, was that the largest increase in happiness consistently happened in the persons who were the least happy to begin with. Which means that when you're going through a particularly trying time, when you're feeling the lowest, science has found that showing gratitude can raise your spirit in a very significant way. So whether Paul knew this or not, or God gave him some divine insight on this topic, or he stumbled upon it himself through all of the trials and tribulations that he had in life, his words, to give thanks in all circumstances, ring true. Not to necessarily give thanks for the circumstances that you find yourself in, but when you are in those circumstances, to find things that you are still thankful for. This is why I have a hard time jumping over Thanksgiving and going right to Christmas after Halloween. Taking this month to truly ponder all that I have to be thankful for, to dedicate time, to look at all of the things God has blessed me with, to allow that to permeate my being, to drive me to be a happier person, to instruct me to help those who don't have as much, to challenge me to see beyond the mundane inconveniences of everyday life and keep my eye on the bigger picture. When I just skip over that and go to being holly jolly and decking the halls, then I miss out on an amazing opportunity to deepen my spiritual well. And I've always thought that way. It was a callback to another joke. It's fine, you missed it. It's fine. But I think this is the important point of the sermon. To me, Thanksgiving is the work, the effort, the duty that we have to do, to look deeply at ourselves, at what we have, even when we might not feel like it's a lot, even when we might not feel like being thankful. And Christmas is our delight. We get to dance around and watch feel-good movies, ask for presents, stuff some stockings, sing, Oh, Holy Night, etc. As a people, generally, we love to skip over our duty to get to our delight. We love to get past dinner so we can get to dessert. Sometimes my mother would even have dessert first. And she said that she learned this when she grew up in Pennsylvania because the miners, E R there, would eat dessert first in case there was a cave in in the mine. That way they already had it the best part. But what we fail to see sometimes is that our duty is also our delight. When we give thanks, we benefit. When we look at our blessings and we hold them, they multiply. To expand this out, when we help others and give, we also receive. When we show love to our neighbor, our love is multiplied. It is through our duty as Christians that our delight comes. And so this week, before we put on Stevie Wonder's Someday at Christmas album, hands down my favorite Christmas album, before we make eggnog or trim the tree, before we move our hearts into a winter wonderland, let us all take time to truly be introspective, to look at all that we have been given, all the blessings that are ours, either by our own hands or by no means of our own. Let us breathe deeply the breath of gratitude and exhale our thanksgivings to God, to one another, to friends and family. And allow that attitude to guide us for the rest of the holidays and into the new year. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.